Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Washington Commanders were the busiest team at the NFL trade deadline. Did it make a difference? Also, the 49ers pass rush just got better. And the Vikings found their quarterback in Josh Dobbs. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Washington Commanders had a trade deadline going out of business sale. Except they're not, of course, going out of business. But everything must go at the deadline. Chase Young out the door to the San Francisco 49ers for a third-round pick. Montez Sweat out the door to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. David Harrison from Locked On Commanders joins me now. And David, I understand trading one of these guys, trading both. Why was that the decision this team made at this point in 2023? I mean, you know, I think that it's it's a decision that doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense from the outside looking in, and I understand that completely. But I think when you look inside the organization, you know, there there's there's a human factor to this business, right, that we don't really talk about a lot, and a lot of people don't really like to acknowledge. And and usually you hear they get paid millions of dollars, they can get over it, and da-da-da. But part of the equation here is that Montez Sweat and Chase Youngs are, are their best friends. Like they're not just teammates. They are best friends. They hang out together. They spend time together. They talk every day. They train together. Like they are best friends. And, you know, you could see talking to them after the Philadelphia Eagles game, how emotional they were. Like Montez Sweat was, you know, more, you know, outwardly emotional. I don't think he could control it, you know, or hold it back as much. Chase Young was trying to hold it back or whatever. But like it was something. And and I think it was even Montez, we even said, like separating us is going to be detrimental. Like, if you ship one of them away, like you're not getting the best of the other guy and he's not going to want to come to work to the same place, pull into the same parking lot, go back to the same house or apartment or whatever. And you know what I mean? Like it's all connected. It's all interconnected, you know, um, outside of the fact that Montez has been in the league a little bit longer. Like they've spent their entire NFL careers together, practiced together, worked out in the same gym together. Um, so it really was a situation where that combined with they have both hit their ceilings with this franchise. And it really was a situation. It reminds me of Gerald McCoy with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where it was just better for both parties. And in this case, you know, three-way parties, whatever, to go their separate ways to continue to grow because the team, the defense has, has plateaued with them. Each player has plateaued with this team and with these coaches. So you're either going to move the entire coaching staff out to try to spark new growth with half a season left before you got to re-sign both guys, or you're just going to cut bait with at least half of the equation maybe the entire equation at the end of the season. So that's really what it boils down to. This isn't that the team thinks neither of these guys has talent. They clearly think they have talent. It's just this situation was no longer fruitful for all parties involved. How does that affect the way that they're going to handle this offseason then? Because if you're not going to resign either Montez Sweat or Chase Young, now you have a massive hole rushing the passer on the outside, at least. This has been one of the deepest defensive fronts in the league for a long time, in part because they had Sweat, Young, plus Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, all of these guys. So Sam Howell, they have questions at quarterback. Now they add all this draft capital. These all seem tied together. Yeah. You know, the the offseason is an interesting topic because a lot of people are trying to just like 
really piece this whole thing together right now. And I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible to really piece it together because I don't know that Ron Rivera and his staff's future is sealed. Like, I don't think their mm-hmm. fate is set in stone just yet. I think that we're getting close. Like, it's it's cast in plaster maybe, right? But it's not set <laughs> in stone quite yet. And that's a factor of this because the biggest question... It's written in really, really like, dark pencil. Yeah, yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> like, obviously, you have you have some presumed holes in the pass rush now, but the biggest question isn't really with the pass rush, right? It's with the quarterback. And what is the future of Sam Howell going to be? Because if the future of Sam Howell is not the starter of this team, then you could presumably assume that they're going to want to package some of these picks, move up to try to get one of these quarterbacks, because right now they're projected a pick around 12, 13, which is not going to get the job done unless you're looking for like a Will Levis, right? Um, but the but you can't answer that question because you don't know who the staff is going to be at the time. Because like I tell you right now that if things continue as they are right now, and it's this staff, Sam Howell will be the starting quarterback next year. So now you have a lot of resources to pour into other areas. Um, and I don't expect the first round pick to be a defensive end. I would expect the first round pick to probably be an offensive lineman if, you know, depending on how the board falls. But if it's a new staff and they don't want Sam Howell, or that's not the style of quarterback they want, then obviously you could presumably see that. I think with the defensive ends, though, I think it's really important to remember for, or for, to, to learn from the outside looking in. Like Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams are very serviceable defensive ends. They've been the backups here for Montez Sweat and Chase Young. But when Chase Young was out with that knee injury, James Smith-Williams came in and filled in very admirably. Like He wasn't a weak spot on this defense. And when Montez Sweat missed some time in 2020 and then you know, in some rotational spots since then, Casey Tuhill has done very well. Casey Tuhill is third on this team in sacks. He's got four sacks. He's played 20% of the defensive snaps. Now, part yeah, of that, wow. right, is unscouted. He's not as he's not a scouted guy. Like, let's be honest. The the you know, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is not worried about Casey Tuhill. So when he steps on the field, he might do some things they're not used to. But the other part of it, Peter, is they do what they're asked to do within Jack Del Rio's scheme. And this is this is not a public secret. Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera have fallen short of saying names. They've essentially come out and said that they have players on their team that aren't always doing what the play call and the scheme is asking them to do. And that causes problems, especially when you're defensive end and you crash inside when you're supposed to have contain against a guy like Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying that for a specific reason, but you know, you, you look at the, the the competition they're playing against. So when you have guys on the field that simply do their jobs and then they're playing around stars like John Allen, Deron Payne, that can actually make the unit almost look better at times. So we'll see how, how it turns out, but this isn't exactly the floor bottoming out on the pass rush. Stay up to date all year on the Washington Commanders by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Commanders on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the 49ers found a way to improve an already impressive part of their team on deadline day. Before we get to that, James Harden continues to get what James Harden wants. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can get your money line on tonight's Clippers and Lakers matchup. FanDuel has the Lakers favored minus 134 on the money line. You can also combine bets for a bigger parlay, combine multiple money lines, or create a single-game parlay with multiple prop bets. Parlays make the sports-watching experience that much more fun. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 
James Harden is at long last headed to the LA Clippers. This is where it stings for me. We put Paul George and Kawhi together in the hopes that those two plus a group of role players would be enough. And besides the bubble, we really haven't gotten an answer to that question. Clearly, the front office and the organization did not feel as though we had enough. That's the only reason they make this move. If they felt like we had enough, they wouldn't have made this move. The people that wanted James Harden, they don't feel like we had enough for whatever reason, whether they felt like Kawhi or Paul George were just an injury away or an injury waiting to happen. They wanted Harden for insurance or they just wanted to stack the talent because they don't feel as though we have enough to compete at the highest level. I, 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 I'm not happy, guys. I, I can't say that I'm happy. The Texas Rangers set a Major League Baseball record with their 10th straight road win in a postseason and now are just one win away from the franchise's first World Series championship. Rangers win game four 11-7 after getting some horrifying, terrifying, the worst news anyone has maybe ever gotten about any single thing ever in the history of humanity. The Rangers had to place Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia on the IL, both of them done for the season, done for the World Series. El Bombi, the ALCS MVP, Max Scherzer, the three-time Cy Young winner, the one-time World Series winner, might get his second World Series, but he's only going to have participated in three innings of this World Series. And El Bombi, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the walk-off home run game one hitter, in an exceptional game one, where he reached base four times and one bad swing in Arizona is all it took to end the season of the mythic Adolos Garcia. What an absolutely incredible bummer, but hey, it doesn't matter. The Rangers have three chances to finish it off, to win their first ever World Series, and they've got their two best pitchers on the mound in the next two games to do it. They could finish it out on the road in Arizona, where they are now 10 and 0. And speaking of first, the college football playoff rankings were released Tuesday night, and the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs are number two. The number one team in the land is Ohio State. That's right, the Buckeyes jumped what many believe to be the top two teams in Georgia and Michigan to nab the top spot in the rankings, Florida State slides in at number four. The committee went hard on strength of schedule. College football playoff chairman Boo Corrigan said of Ohio State being at the top, we looked at it, the big win over Notre Dame and the win over Penn State, and they have difference makers on offense. The Green Bay Packers sent veteran quarterback Russell Douglas to the Buffalo Bills shortly before Tuesday's deadline. This is a steal for the Buffalo Bills, a third round pick to get one of the smartest toughest, best leader corners you could find on the market or off the market. Frankly, Russell Douglas has been a stalwart for the Packers since they plucked him off the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. He is a perfect, a seamless fit in Buffalo. And this is as close to a wave the white flag moment in Green Bay as you're going to get. As someone who covers the Packers, I did a whole show open on why I didn't think they would be smart to trade Russell Douglas, and then they traded Russell Douglas. So you can imagine what I think of this move. And the Lions acquired Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Browns. 
Uh, the Lions did need a wide receiver. Marvin Jones uh, stepping away from the team a couple weeks ago, and the Lions have kind of been looking around. Tom Kennedy, who was on their practice squad and on their active roster at times last season, was a guy they brought back to just sort of take a look at again. Um, but they kind of made the decision to go get DPJ because it really didn't cost them anything. Uh, a six-round pick in 2025's draft, um, and he can he can handle his business. He's a professional. He's on a one-year deal, so he'll be playing for a contract. Uh, they needed another receiver, so this was fine. Here is another story you need to know. The 49ers have a really good defense, but you can always improve. Just ask Locked On 49ers' Brian Peacock as he breaks down the trade that sent Chase Young to the 49ers. Uh, it's a huge addition. Uh, he's one of the more talented edge players in the NFL, just from what his physical ability is. Now, we haven't seen that come to fruition yet on the football field. We started to see the glimpses of it as a rookie. He had the the torn ACL and uh, has never been the same guy. Is it because of injury? He's further and further removed from that torn ACL. But uh, if there's anybody that can get the most out of him it's two people in particular which i love that this is the landing spot for chase young for chase young as much as i like it for the 49ers because mm. chris kosarek uh it's a perfect fit for him wide nine scheme line him up wide point him at the quarterback use that explosive get off to to go after uh, opposing teams quarterbacks and and that's what that defense is all about they're getting pressure with the front four and then reuniting him with his old ohio state teammate in nick bosa who is a super motivated guy. There's a ton of motivated people on that defense. Uh, Fred Warner will be right behind him as well to give him a goose if he needs it. Right. And uh, there's no better technician in the NFL really than, than Nick Bosa. And he, he was a fully formed player coming out of Ohio state. And so can they get the most of him? And he's already on pace to have his best sack production uh, for a full season in his NFL career. Chase young is. So I'm excited to see what they can get out of him and what he can give the 49ers down the stretch with just another weapon coming off the edge and it's all predicated on getting pressure with your front four so they can do what they need to do with the back seven in coverage and the 49ers haven't gotten enough pressure recently and john lynch one of the most aggressive gms in the nfl 49ers are all in said we're going to attack this window and we're going to make another huge deadline move uh, i love it for the 49ers not not a lot of downside here for the 49ers spending a third rounder to get chase young yeah, I mean, pretty unique to see a situation to where a team benefits from getting the player and the player immediately benefits from what the team has to offer. And then you can kind of see the ripple effect from there. And you mentioned Nick Bosa and the ripple effect of how Bosa can impact Young. But what does the addition of Young opposite Bosa do for him? Well, as, as long as Young is a, a force to be reckoned with, mm -hmm. then it's just going to allow uh, it's going to allow Nick Bosa to be singled more often. He's one of the most double teamed edge players in the NFL, along with guys like Miles Garrett. And mm -hmm. so, um, having less blockers in front of Nick Bosa, and he's been so close. He's been really good at getting pressures this year. Hasn't really accumulated the sack numbers that we've been accustomed to for Nick Bosa so far this year. So one less blocker, one less chip in front of him, I think will be super helpful. And, you know, they're all going to help each other. And I know Chase Young already came from a really talented defensive line in Washington, but it's no less talented now in San Francisco with Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave there in the middle with him as well. Stay up to date on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Vikings went out and got a quarterback. Josh Dobbs. Why exactly? The Minnesota Vikings just lost Kirk Cousins and look like they may sell off some pieces for draft capital. Instead, they decided to go get a quarterback to replace Cousins. So why did they go get Josh Dobbs? 
Locked on Vikings host Luke Braun joined Locked on NFL's Ross Jackson to make sense of it. He, his role is a little bit of a mystery here. So Kevin O'Connell just confirmed Jaron Hall is starting against Atlanta. He was the third string quarterback, fifth round rookie that came in at the end of the Packers game. He's the only guy that's been in the building. So we're not going to ask Josh Dobbs to sit here and learn the playbook in four days and go play. We learned that lesson uh, 10 years ago with Josh Freeman. Yeah. But will he play eventually, I think, is an open question that depends on how Jaron Hall does in Atlanta, depends on how they feel once they get Josh Dobbs into practice and all that. That's going to be an open question. Um, but I think he's somebody that I, I just talked to Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals for my show for Locked On Vikings. And he's said that, you know, he's somebody that kind of immediately endeared himself to the whole organization, who worked hard, who everybody was really happy with. Um, and who can sort of pull off the basics, but if he has to start to force the issue, if you're behind, um, mm -hmm. then that's when bad mistakes can start to happen. But that kind of also describes Jaron Hall. So I'm really curious to see what they have. I think they just have like a straight QB competition. On the one hand, it costs nothing, basically, to get Josh Dobbs. So why not do it if you're the Vikings? But on the other hand, this is a Vikings team that had every excuse to just say, we're going to pack it in. They were not winning a bunch of games even before the Kirk Cousins injury, although they had been on a win streak of late. Looked like they could potentially be a dangerous team if they got into that seven seed. If they got someone like Jacoby Brissett, I don't know that Josh Dobbs passed the test of quarterback who could get them to be a dangerous team in the postseason. Right now, if they're the seven seed, I don't think the two seed is going to be that concerned about what the Vikings are going to do. To me, I'm looking at this going, I don't need to evaluate Jordan Addison. He looks like a future stalwart in my offense. And I have Justin Jefferson already. I have TJ Hawkinson not only in my organization, but I have him under contract. So I'm not worried about evaluating anybody. What do I need Josh Dobbs for? I guess the only case you could make is why not get in and see what you can do to prove to the next defensive coordinator that you're going to hire that this is a place that you can win once Kirk Cousins is fully recovered and I guess they're going to re-sign him, but they haven't done that either. They haven't signaled that they want to do that. I only say that because Brian Flores looks like the kind of coach who is going to get plenty of attention in this hiring cycle for what he's doing with a motley crew of Minnesota Viking defenders. I don't really understand why you would do this I would much rather, if I were the Vikings organization, especially given the analytic bent of this front office, go get a top five, top 10 kind of pick, add another blue chipper to this, and then go figure out what I'm going to do with the quarterback position after that. Or better yet, do it with Kirk Cousins because you know he's a pretty good player. And finally, you've got to be a weird kind of tough to be in a professional combat sport. Martin Bacoli is in a league of his own now with what he just went through in the fourth round of a TKO win on Saturday night. Bacoli swallowed a wasp and apparently endured several stings. He still battered his opponent before the ref called a stoppage in the fourth round. Swallowing a wasp sounds harrowing, terrifying even to do it in the middle of a fight. I guess happy Halloween. 
Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, will the Rangers finish the postseason undefeated on the road and win the World Series? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.